All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us here on another episode of Dropping the Gloves. Episode 500 is something I would imagine by now. We've just been throwing these things out like they're nothing. But we're really, really happy you're joining us today. There's lots to talk about. It was a nice weekend for hockey, for everything in my life. Tim, how was your weekend? You always get up to shenanigans on the weekends. You're going on dates. You're going out to the bars. You're going on hikes with your dog, Levi. You're just doing everything. What did what did we do this week in North Carolina, Tim? Um, my buddy was in town visiting his like best friend that he grew up with, who lives pretty close to Charlotte. So I got to see him on Saturday. That was pretty cool, just for a little while. Um, other than that, not a ton. I did it uh, actually on Instagram on Friday night. I was just hanging out, so I did one of those like ask us anything um, on on the Instagram story and Levi and I, and we got a bunch of questions. A lot of stuff related to you, mostly. Just curiosities about the show and players and our take on things. So that was kind of fun hanging out with the fans in that way, too. You got to let me know when you do these things. I'll jump on and, and join. Well, it wasn't a live stream. It was just like a submit your questions. Um, uh, I would definitely I would ping you if I was doing something like more interactive. OK, well, I, hey, I'm glad you had some fun. Good. Very, no bars. No going out. Have a couple on, of years on Saturday. Yeah. With my buddy. Yep. We did. Nice. What'd you guys do? Any good watering <laughs> watering holes in North Carolina that you want to talk about? Well, so he was supposed to, we were supposed to hang out like for the whole night. And then last minute they got tickets to the ACC championship game, which was Clemson UNC, I think, um, here in Charlotte, which is only like 10 minutes from my 10 minute walk from my apartment, the stadium. So they like, they couldn't pass it up. So I only saw them for like maybe two hours. And then he texted me later in the night. I was like, hey, we're going back out. The game's over. It's like 1130. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm in bed. So, yeah, I'll see him next time. Football. That's football. Yeah, college football. Yeah. Not interested. You didn't want to go. Sorry, your mic went out. What'd you say? You're not. You weren't interested, Tim. You didn't want to go to the game. No. Well, they didn't have. They only had two tickets anyway. So no. I saw. Clemson. How was your weekend? Yeah. Well, I was. I saw Clemson in the national championship game when I was playing in Arizona with Max Domi and Anthony Duclair. Wasn't that? Isn't that neat? 
That was my Didn't... hangout, my hangout group when I was in Arizona. Those two young bucks. I just took them under my wings. Oh, look at them now. <laughs> They're superstars. Didn't you say that they were like not into it though? They wanted to leave or no, that was me. That I was I was oh. not into it at all. I uh I wanted to go. They well, we all wanted to go because we had a game the next night. And college football, it it doesn't interest me as much as pro football. Yeah, I just everybody gets touchdowns. It's just like a touchdown factor. I don't know if they don't teach defense. A, a good defensive team used to be Michigan, and they just played Iowa, who was also known for their defense. And there was like 70 points total between the two of them. Just like Did everything you... in life, everybody wants offense, hockey, basketball, football. Give me a nice 2-1 hockey game. I enjoy it. What can I say? A football game? Give me a nice like 13-10 defensive battle. It's fun. So you must be a big uh, soccer fan then. Hate soccer. Well, I don't want to say I hate it. I like the World Cup. But I, I can't. There's so many games. The, the thing with soccer is people like we had uh, Victor Hedman on, friend of the show. He owns a team. I know Burnsy play. He's a big premier fan. A lot of the guys from Europe are, are big soccer. Fans. I don't know when the season begins and when the season ends and when they're playing for their international team and when they're playing for their club team and when they're playing this and that. And there's so many different divisions. You're in the Copacabana. You're in the premier league. You're going over to Spain. It It doesn't make sense to me. And so that I can't wrap my head around. So I, it, it loses me right away because I, I just don't know how everything works. It seems like they're playing every week, but they're wearing different jerseys or playing different cups. There's like seven championships during the year. They give out multiple awards. Do you know how it works? Because to me, it's just I, I'm lost when, when I'm trying to figure out this the the standings it doesn't make sense to me no uh tennis and golf are the same thing for me like obviously the world cup's one thing the masters one thing but like it seems like several times a year there's this big tournament that i'm supposed to care about and i can't figure out the context of like who is it for or why is it important sometimes they get like let's say okay this one's actually not really important mm-hmm. but it, it affects the rankings for another tournament that's a little bit more important and it's like i just come the olympic the olympics i can wrap my head around like the world cup i can wrap my head around but all these little tournaments and stuff for soccer especially i just have a hard time following yeah tennis and golf are easy there's four majors and then that's it no but this yeah yeah, I don't. Watch I guess enough. golf has a playoffs now, where the, the the players championship, I think it's called, where you you accumulate points during the year, and then they they pick the top twenty five, I believe, and they go to a playoffs. But I don't, I'm more of a live fan now. Yeah, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyways, <clears throat> moving on to some more important thing. You know what I noticed last night? And before we get to NHL action, I, I won't, but you know, spend too much time on this, but. I had a men's league game last night, and I, I don't know if this happens to you, Tim, or if it did happen to you. When you when you play against a team, and there's a guy on that team who's just incredible, and he's big, fast, he can score, he can dangle, and you just look at him and just, you go, why why didn't you play pro? What what happened to you? And that happened to me last night. There's this guy in my league, and it's it's an older league. It's for 40 plus. This guy's not 40. He's he's 32, 33. So he's taking advantage of us older guys. But he's incredible. He's like six foot four, probably weighs 220, 230 pounds. Maybe he could lose 15 to 20 to get him in peak shape. But he's got incredible hands. He snipes. He uses his body well. He's got good speed. And he just dominates when he wants to. When him and I are on the ice, it's a nice battle. We we go back and forth. And it's fun. But if I'm not on the ice, he could score at will. When I am on the ice, he could probably still score at will, but at least it's a little more difficult. But I and I haven't asked him, and I and I want to. But it's one of those questions that 
maybe touches a nerve, but it's like, why, why did you not go play pro? Because I did play pro. I know what it takes and you got it, man. You, you got all, you check all the boxes. You're big, you're strong. You have patience. You have sick hands. You got a good shot. What's going on with you? What was the reason you didn't play pro? Do you ever get that where you go and play men's league and you just see somebody and you go, and you just, why are you here? You should be making millions of dollars somewhere. And I, I look at this guy. I'm like, man, what happened? What happened to you? Like, why are you not just out on the, like, I don't I just thought of that yesterday when I left the rink and I thought about it last night and I thought about it on the drive to work this morning. It's all I can think about. I'm like, man, <laughs> the, the missed potential. It's insane. Do you ever, you ever come across people like that where you're just like, you're too good to be in this league. You should be doing something else. I mean, first, yes, but you should ask him that because I bet he knows who you are and it would probably mean a lot coming from you. Someone oh, he knows who I am, Tim. He knows no. who I am. Um, yeah, I, that's happened a few times. And I always ask the guy and I'm always humbled because he's like, this is one of the best guys I've ever shared the ice with. And he's done absolutely nothing. Like just how good are the, the real pros? You know what I mean? Like uh, he's like, yeah, I had a couple of tryouts or, uh, for like a junior team and didn't make it. So I just play men's league now. And I'm like, really? Because I think you're incredible. So maybe I'm just trash. Well, that's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything, but I, <laughs> I know what it takes. Like I've played with pros. I, like, I, I've made the NHL. I know what it takes. And I'm like, in my eyes, that guy has what it takes. He's better than a lot of players. And what I always think about is either a, your work ethic, you're not willing to put the time in or B, you're just not tough enough because you, you have to play a certain level of physicality and you got to want to go in the hard areas. If you're not a top you know, one or two line guy, maybe that's changed. But back when I was growing up, either you're going to score 50 goals or you're going to be a grinder and you have to check and you have to do things that maybe, maybe you don't want to do. So yeah, I will ask him, but it could touch a nerve because you could, ah, oh, sure. He, he's still resenting that one coach. You cut, cut him. But anyway, sorry. It's moving probably on an injury. It's always an injury. I know. Oh man. Last night, my hip popped out of socket right before face off. It, it, just a casual face off. I'm standing, no one around me, my hip, popped out i just collapsed to the ice everybody's like what's wrong with you i just got up composed myself i was like sorry right, sorry slipped i was just like <laughs> felt like i was getting stabbed by a thousand knives in my hip so bad <laughs> i'm getting old i'm getting old i can't do it anymore all right tim we did a deja vu episode on friday did we not we did we did and now we're doing one again it, the same things keep happening over and over and over again. The stars have a comeback win. Bennington is an absolute donkey. Kucherov has a question we'll hit. Tortorella is calling out the media. Jacob Truba destroys somebody. So we're going to talk about it. Vancouver is a mess. They're they're calling out one of their players. It's just, it's the same story over and over and over and over again. You know what I've noticed though? We haven't talked about Toronto and Edmonton in a long time, which is refreshing. I like it. Yeah, I like, I like it, it too. But there is stuff to talk about in those two teams. I heard, and this is not on the agenda. A little birdie told me that the Edmonton Oilers are quietly throwing around the idea of sending Jack Campbell down, putting him on waivers, sending him down to the AHL team. How amazing would that be? What a fall from grace because Cal Peterson just got sent down with LA. So teams are just getting fed up with their goaltenders and they're bearing them the minors. So it wouldn't really give them that much cap relief, but just as an aside, do you think this is going to happen? Do you think Jack, cause Stuart Skinner's he's taken the net. He's a rookie. Well, then, he's gotten his chance and he's gone. Do you think they send Jack Campbell down just to get him some ice or just to say, we're done with you. 
I mean, you you hope that someone would take him on the waivers if that's the case, but I don't think anybody would. And so I, I just don't see it happening because who's better? I mean, Stuart Stinney's okay, but is he really the guy you're going to give the reins to? I don't know. And then who's his backup? So who knows? Yeah. They when the numbers Campbell's put up, what else can you do? You can't trust him in the net anymore. You invested six million dollars in this guy, and he can't stop a beach ball. He's he is struggling. So I don't know if if I'm Ken Holland, I'm just what what else can I do? I sorry, I'm clearing my throat. Anyways, moving on. Let's get to some of these things. John Tortorella. Everything was rosy. Everything was peachy. Everything was just fantastic for the first seven games of the year for the Philadelphia Flyers. They were winning. They were playing the John Tortorella way. Everything was going great. Did you see his quote that he gave to the reporter the other day? I actually didn't see this. I don't know what we're about to talk about. This will be fun. It was just a very in, innocuous question. It's a standard question by a reporter. What happened in tonight's game? Why do you think you guys lost? And you can tell Torts is fuming, and he's just losing his marbles already in his mind, and he goes, I'm not going to answer that. Come on, guys. Dude, come on. Then the next question was, what, what things could you have done differently today? How did you think you guys played? And he goes, we played hard. Then he stops, and he goes, you're asking me dumb questions, guys. Really, really dumb questions. And he says, are we done? And he storms off. It was a very tame kind of meltdown for Tortorella when when you rank his meltdowns. He's had some epic ones. But it just got me thinking, the reporters don't deserve this. You know, I get that you're frustrated. You, your team played a good game, but you didn't win. So now you go take it out on the reporters. I'm a, I'm a big Torts fan. I'm a fan of Torts. I think he's a very good coach. I think he's he's a one of a kind coach where he he shoots it off hip. He he says it like it is. He doesn't mix his words. He's honest to a fault. But at some point, you just have to. I get when some reporters are being just jerks and they're just trying to needle you and just get you to blow up. But that's not what was happening here. You're just upset because your team lost and you're in a big big funk. You can't seem to get a win and you do put out a good effort and you still lose. I don't know what is it okay. For a coach or a player to just berate in a, a reporter whenever they feel frustrated because these guys are trying to do their their jobs. Now that I'm on the other side of the page, I've I've gotten some of the heat from players when they're upset at me and they come after me and they they're not happy with what we're saying. What's where's the line there, Tim, as a coach? Because you know he's frustrated. He has to answer these questions night in and night out. It's in his contract where he has to go and answer questions or else he gets fined. Where, where's the line? What? Who do you side with here, Tortorella or the reporter? I mean, it's obviously it's rude, but it's not like it's that bad. And so I, I don't know. I'm not that bothered by this. I mean, the reporter's probably annoyed or frustrated back at this response, but I don't know. It's just it probably was a dumb question in the moment. It's, it's like that uh, Bryce Harper clip from like five or ten years ago, and they, they asked him a question about I forget what it was, and he goes, "Clown question, bro." Like, there's certain things you can you can push back on the reporters too. I'm okay with that. So, what? <laughs> let me ask you this: before besides the All Star thing, like, what was their most frustrating uh conversation with a reporter when you were a player do you remember anything that stands out well every team has one or two reporters who are just not fans of the team regardless of how we play no matter for winning or losing they just they seem to just always focus on the negative much like the show does and it wears on the players because you you read the articles you you see what they're you know in their headlines like I, chicago we had a reporter who Actively, the players hated like they really didn't like him to the point where before the scrum ensued, before they let guys in, we would tell our PR guy, 
we're not going to talk to this guy. Nobody likes him. And our PR guy, because it was he was he worked for a big paper. And like, guys, you got to talk to him. Like you have to, because he would, he would cause a stink if no one would talk to him. And then it would just get, it would go all the way up to Rocky where it's the, the highest level, because this guy was a big time reporter for a big time newspaper. And it was just, so yes, I had reporters who, if if I wasn't playing, they would come, hey, is it hard to sit out? You know, you, you haven't played in 11 games. Like, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Of course. Don't you wish you're like, just stupid questions like that. Yeah. Don't you wish you were in there? What does it do to your confidence? Like just softballs to try to throw me under the bus and get me to say something about the coach or the team or the GM or the play. Don't you think, uh, you know, the team's lost six in a row, but they still can't crack the lineup. What does that say about you or the coach? It's like, like beat it, you know, and you, you do your best not to react, but you have to tell the truth. And it's just this dance that you and the reporter do. And it's super, super annoying. And I went through it with the all-star game the most. People would ask and they question me, well, do you think you should go? You're really taken away from Shane Doan. He's he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And this could be his last chance as being an all-star. What do you think of you taking his spot? Do you think you're you're worthy of that? And it's felt like just like <laughs> so it, there is that everybody's human. Everybody has a reaction. But I think in this in this instance, Torts needs to just pump the brakes a little bit and just relax, because if he's already losing his mind and it's only a quarter of the way into his year one of his contract, just wait until year two and three, because Philly has no, there's no light at the end of this tunnel just yet. They are in, in for a few lean years. All right, moving on. Kucherov, Tim, one of the premier players in the league, correct? Correct. One of the most entertaining players to watch, correct? I would say so. One of the dirtiest players I've ever seen, correct? (laughs) <laughs> he's getting that reputation especially if you listen to, to this re- show he gets the reputation i like nikita kucherov i enjoy him i think he's a world-class player i like how he is off the ice he toes the line on the ice a lot you know he puts himself in situations where he's cross-checking guys he's you know questionable hits away from the boards you know people are in vulnerable positions he doesn't maybe hold up or let up he, he maybe he tries to hurt people well it happened again this weekend when they were playing the toronto maple leafs Play behind the net. Puck goes up in the air. Justin Hall for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the defenseman, goes up to grab it. He's reaching for it. Kucherov sees a defenseless player reaching up for a puck and cross-checks him in the back, and the guy goes face first into the boards. <laughs> it was it's an incredible play when you watch it. It just no regard for the safety of Justin Hall whatsoever. I don't know if you could be in any more of a vulnerable position when you're on the ice five feet from the boards. And you're looking up and reaching, so you're not even like steady on your skates, and the guy just plows you in the back. And you go flying into the boards, and your hands are up, so you can't even protect yourself. Five in a game, probably. Maybe maybe he gets a meeting with George Peros for the supplemental discipline. No, not Kucherov. Gets a two-minute interference penalty. And away we go. It's in, it's It boggles my mind. And I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it just further solidifies my thoughts that star players don't, they're, they're treated differently. And I, I get it. I, I've angled for star players get treated differently when they play defense. They shouldn't try as hard on, or hard on the, on the defensive side, because you know what? I want you to score goals. I don't want you to block shots and break, break a bone on your leg or your hand or this and that and be out for two months. I get that. When it comes to plays like this, when it comes to someone potentially getting injured when it comes to just the law of the land, these are the rules. You break them, you get punished. You don't break them, you don't get punished. 
I want it to be all the same. Equity, equality for all. It's not. Kucherov has such a just, he has so much leeway, Tim. His rope is so incredibly long before he gets in trouble. This is a five in a game, hands down. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Did you see the hit? Yeah, I did. And I, I tried not to be like, when people try to like compare, like, oh, imagine if Marshawn did this, or imagine if 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 uh, Tom Wilson threw this hit. But just keep it simple. Imagine it was the exact reverse. If Hall hit Kucherov that way. What, <laughs> we're talking suspension. It's going to be trending on Twitter. It's going to be all anyone's talking about. But because it's Kucherov, he does sort of get that leeway. And maybe, you know, you win a couple of cups, you put up the points that he has, you you do get some extra uh leeway and credibility and all that so fine but yeah this is he's a he's a dirty player he's a dirty player i don't knock it i I mean this is a dangerous play in general i like that he plays on the line sometimes when you play on the line you cross it that's what happens but that was a dirty play for sure in another game that same night joel edmondson gets kicked out of the game gets five in a game for a cross check to zach hyman not nearly as dangerous edmondson's riding it or uh, edmondson is riding Hyman into the boards and his stick just gets up and he just gives him one more cross check in the neck. Yeah, penalty? I think so. Maybe a two, maybe a four. He gets five in a game for that. And then Kucherov's out here trying to break people's necks and he gets two minutes for interference. That's the things as players, we just shake our heads. Like you have to call it even across the board when it comes to penalties. It's just, it's dangerous. And it just further incentivizes this guy to just, he he has carte blanche out there. He can do whatever he wants. It's just, it's it's really bad. It's a bad look. Now, another guy who I think had that kind of thought process, he can do whatever he wants. He can just go out there and just play however we want. I think he's starting to, things are catching up to him. Jordan Bennington, friend of the show. No, he's not a friend. Of, Tim, you, not a friend of the show. The douche. Never. The douchiest of the douche. <clears throat> Jordan Bennington, he's at it again. He he's at it again. This pesky little Jordan Bennington. He decided to throw out his elbow on uh, Jason Zucker when Zucker was tracking the puck behind the net. The Blues were down three to one, and he just casually throws his elbow out, nails Zucker in the head. Zucker goes down, soccer style, like he's been shot. And here, Zucker's also one of those players who's known to just be kind of sell. He he acts a lot. You know, he if he feels yeah, he's going to go down. He's trying to draw a penalty, so maybe there's a little bit of that playing in there. But Bennington gets him. Zucker goes down. Say la vie. Pittsburgh gets a power play. They go and score. Zucker, apropos, scores the goal. Bennington gets pulled. On his way to the bench, this clown takes his helmet off and is skating off the ice as he's getting pulled and starts jawing with the Pittsburgh bench. What are you saying? I don't know. Why you would say something to the Penguins bench? I have no idea. They just chased you from the net. You stunk. You only lasted a period in like four minutes. So it's not like this was in the end of the second. You you lasted 22 minutes. And you're jawing at the bench. He picks up another 10-minute misconduct for some whatever. Finally, St. Louis's coach, Craig Berube, said something. Because I was waiting for something or someone on his team to say something, whether it was O'Reilly, one of the leaders on that team, to just say he's got to cool it out. You know, he can't do this anymore. So Baruby finally did that. He said, it's got to stop. It doesn't help anything. Just play goal. Stop the puck. Very tame quote when it comes to all of his shenanigans. Don't you think, Tim? 
maybe if you go read word for word, but I think the fact if you if you look at it at a different angle, it's like for a coach to call out his goalie for a thing that everyone knows and has been waiting for, I think it is pretty powerful. I think it carries some weight. It's got to stop. It doesn't help anything. Just play goal, stop the puck. Because here's the other piece of it. It's not only the antics, but he's just not playing well either. He's 9-10 and 10 on the year, 327 goals against, 895 save percentage. This is like not a very good goalie. And it, it's like, it's not, if he was a free agent, what would he sign for? And who would want him? He you know wouldn't. What I mean? like, he would not sign. Yeah. So yeah, I. He's so it's it's the hissy fits have got to stop. It's just like the antics, and I saw some people on Twitter being like, "Well, you know, the Blues team has no heart, and this is their Marshawn, this is their Tom Wilson, this is their Reeves. He is the heart and soul. He is the energy. He's trying to do what no one else is doing." And and even you said last week, it's like if you if that's what it takes for you to get into the game and you want to play well, then like fine, do it. But he's distracting his team. He's hurting his team now. And on top of that, he's not playing well. So yeah, something's gotta something's gotta change. He sucks. He's not playing good at all. And if if <laughs> yeah. I I wanted Bruby to say more, but you know, what else can you do? I, I think when a coach calls out a, <clears throat> a goalie, Daryl Sutter, what he said a week and a half ago, two weeks ago after that East Eastern road trip when he said our goalies they have to play better. That subtle thing where he wasn't he wasn't led into it. And they, someone just asked, how do you think the the weekend went? This is Eastern conference road swing. And he said, our goalie suck. They got to play better. I think that was more powerful than what Bruby does. I don't think this changes Bennington's mentality at all. I know. So I, I saw something where someone posted, they said, if this guy doesn't win a cup with the blues in 2018, there's no way he's in the NHL. <clears throat> Firmly agree that the guys. Yeah. Huh. I had a great comment the other yesterday. Actually, the guys messaged me. I forget who it was. The listeners. Hold said, on. Hey, Are you pumping yourself up here? Did you just say I had a great comment? No, no I I received a great comment. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you said I had a great comment. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had this great tweet the other day. No, um, the guy was like, hey, I'm catching up on some shows and I'm listening to you guys talking about Bennington, and I realize you're not even talking about what happened the other day. You're talking about something that happened a week ago. I can't believe it because every week is something with this guy, and you can't even keep track of it all. Oh, it's it gets annoying, right? It's just go away I, until you can get some W's under your belt and to stop the puck, like Ruby's talking about. Until you're consistently being a good goaltender in the NHL, you can't do the antics you're doing. You can't be swinging your stick around. You can't be tri- tripping guys during a fight. You can't be hitting people in the face. You can't be challenging Benz's. He's done this in the last month. All of this. This is it's it's it it boggles my mind. Jordan Bennington. We should get him on the show. See, he, imagine this <laughs> interview be a complete just disaster. You just start just freaking out at the drop of a hat. All 110 pounds of them. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I would love, I would love to it. grab a hold of him. It would just it would be a pleasure. All right. Another guy who has one of those reputations, but on the other, on the flip side of this, I don't think he deserves this reputation. I guess he, he has two reputations depending on if you like him or if you don't Jacob Truba, one reputation is it's the Dr. Heckle and uh, Mr. Hyde. What is that? Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll. Who is Jekyll and Hyde? Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. But who's the doctor? Uh, I don't know. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. So he's the same player. But it depends on how you're looking at him. I think Jacob Truba is a fantastic defenseman. I love the way he plays the game. He keeps the opposing team honest. He makes them think twice about stepping through the neutral zone. He is a force out there. He is everything you want in a defenseman, in my eyes. 
other people see him and they go, he's dangerous. He's a liability. He makes too much money. He doesn't play the game like it should be played these days. He's not a swift skating defenseman who can move the puck and jump into the rush and be that second wave of offense that is the new normal for a defenseman. While he was at it again, and it was amazing. They were playing the Chicago Blackhawks. They were down. So they needed a spark. And Jacob Truba, captain, senses that. Athanasio. Is it Andreas Athanasio? Athanasio. And uh, gosh, so dumb. How many vowels in a name? So he gets the puck coming across his blue line, not expecting a defenseman in that position to really step up, let alone charging at you full speed. It's Jacob Truba, baby. He's coming at you full speed. There's his epic miss hits are almost as fun as his hits when he tries to fly and nail somebody and he just goes flying through the neutral zone because he hits people with his tea kettle first. You know, he's behind. It's amazing. So, anyways, Athanasiu gets the puck. He's coming across, entering the neutral zone, just gets destroyed. I'm talking Scott Stevens on Paul Korea. Incredible hit. Luckily for Athanasio, he gets his head up just at the last second. And so he has a nanosecond to protect himself and to prepare for the hit. Because if he doesn't, he's in the hospital. That's how hard of a hit it was. Anyways, clean hit, elbows tucked, doesn't jump, destroys him. Fights ensue. Taser grabs Truba. Gaudreau fights with Murphy. It sparked the Rangers a little bit. I don't know how the game ended up, but they ended up getting a goal right after it. It worked. After the game, Athanasio was a little salty. He gets asked a question. What do you think of the Jacob Truba hit? Clean hit, blah, 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 the usual question. And he decides to go scorched earth on Jacob Truba. He goes, he's an 8 million man with zero goals. So he has to figure out how to do something when making that much. If you can't help the team, I guess you try to hurt guys on the other team. What do you think about that quote, Sam? What do you think about the whole play? Um, well, going back to the reputation, I think Trupa has a reputation because he's earned that reputation. He's crossed the line many times. He's tried to hurt people. He has hurt people. Uh, that said, this is a clean hit. I love this hit. This is a great hit. And and you I don't know, if you can go frame by frame, you can probably make an argument. He might have left his feet before impact. It's a clean hit. It's an open ice hit. A fantasy yeah, got rocked. And if Kako, Capo Kaka wasn't skating right behind him, he might have done a backflip or scorpion or something. Um that he Kako kind of ate the, some of the, the the brunt of it. So clean hit, I think. Uh and that <laughs> he sounds so whiny in that quote. Like you just got rocked, man. Like you, you, you're calling out. He's a defenseman. He's a physical defenseman. Like yeah, you're calling out for zero goals. That's not what he's there to do. He's there to do what he just did to you, and he did it well. And so you just sound whiny when you when you complain about that. Like a guy getting just leveled open ice, and you're. It's not a great look for him. Well, he say he makes that quote. Then the end of the quote solidifies why he's such a great defenseman because he continues Athanasio. He goes, "It was a weird play. The puck was there." He could have made a play on the puck. Instead, it's like he had an intent to try to hurt somebody. He's been known to do that. You have to know when he's on the ice. And he got me there. Okay, so the first part of the quote is you're upset because he doesn't put any points on the board. And the second part of the quote is you solidifying why he's such an effective defenseman. That's what he does. Every forward on the on, in the league, they know when Trub was on the ice when they're playing against him. That's his job. When he signed that $8 million deal, do you think the Rangers were like, oh, yeah, he's going to put up 60 points? He, he's he's going to be our quarterback on our power play. Gee, no. 
No, that's that's not what he's there for. They have Adam Fox. That's what Adam Fox does. The reason Jacob Chitrin makes $8 million is because he, Truba, excuse me, (laughs) is because he destroys pigeons like you who have their head down coming across the blue line. That's why. It makes you think twice about coming into the zone. You have to check when you jump on the ice. (gasps) Is Truba on the ice? Oh, he is? Okay, I'm going to dump it in. Is Truba coming on the ice? Okay, I'm going to change. That's why. And he's an equal opportunity hitter. He doesn't care who he's hitting. First line, third line, Crosby in the playoffs last year, wills the Rangers to a win because he buries Crosby. The guy is a difference maker. I would have him over Seth Jones any day of the week. I know Truba doesn't have any points. I know he doesn't play in the power play. I know he doesn't do any of the offensive things that a Seth Jones does or any of these other high-flying $8 million defensemen. I like Jacob Truba for that one fact. He instills fear in everybody, Tim. There's not one player who doesn't check to see if number eight's on the ice when they step on the ice because that guy, he hits and he hits with bad intentions. And what do you want if you're out there and ask you, he tried to hurt me when he hit me. What do you want him to hit you just for fun? Do you want him to hit you and just a little bit hit? Just to get the puck, to strip the puck away. No, I want my player to hit somebody and to try to drive them through the boards. I, I And this was my issue when I fought. I never got fired up. Whereas every punch, I didn't really want to hurt somebody. You could tell the fights where I was really angry, where I really wanted to do some damage versus the fights where I was just like, all right, let's just win the fight and move on. I didn't have the Jacob Truba mentality. And that's maybe what cost me. I could have lasted a few more years in the NHL if I really wanted to hurt somebody i just wanted to win the fight and go on with my business this guy wants to hurt people every time he hits it's it's amazing it's it's a hard mentality to stay in for 60 minutes he does it he i love i I really like jacob truba i think he's fantastic and the fact that he has zero goals is just it makes it so much sweeter for me he's just so good tim well, not for nothing, too, but this is actually his worst year offensively. He's got zero goals, six assists in 26 games. We'll put that on pace for about zero goals, 25 to 30 assists. I mean, it's not very good, but he's been probably between 25 and 35 point average defenseman throughout his career. He's even had 50 one his last year in Winnipeg. So he's got a little bit of offensive pop. It's down year for him. So it's an easy uh, low-hanging fruit for a fantasy out to make that comment, but he's not like, he's not a slouch offensively either. He'll chip in every now and then. So I think he's kind of a, um, as probably as complete of a modern day defenseman as you can be in terms of the physicality that it brings without costing your team with, because most of the guys that are that big and that can hit are slow or they have no offense or they're not responsible. And they're just there to like, I don't want to say any name, but they're there to just, to throw some fights, throw some big hits, block shots, and they, they can't contribute the way that he does. And there's a reason that he's making $8 million, and maybe it's going to be a bad contract, but the Rangers believed in him. They gave it to him, and he's wearing the C for a reason, too. Okay. I'm glad you – I didn't even think of that. Athanasio, a guy throwing shade about Jacob Truba getting points. How many points does Athanasio have this year? What would you guess if he's if he's throwing that kind of shade around? Um, I would guess he's got maybe 12 to 15 points. He's got nine points. He's got six goals, three assists in 400 games in his career. He's only got 200 points, 402. He's got 205 points and he is a a high flying forward. That's what he's known for. 
He's a guy who can just, you know, put him in any position. He can play anywhere in the lineup. He's just, he's, he's going to be around the puck. He's got speed. He's got good hands, this and that, blah, blah, blah. That's what he's known for. Jacob Truba has 263 points in 623 games. I bet you if you did the math, math, excuse me, they're very close in points per game. And Jacob Truba is a defensive defenseman. That's not what he's there for. You little SHIT. That stuff like that. Glass houses. He's calling on Jacob Truba for not getting any points. Truba has three less points than he does this year. Oh, stuff like that drives me bonkers. You have no business talking about Jacob Truba, Andreas Athanasio. Go fi- fix your own game before you start chirping this guy just because he absolutely just blew you up in the middle of the ice because you don't know how to keep your head up. I hope I hope he does it again and again, Jake Truba. Athanasio, jerk. All right, moving on. I'm fired up. I got to call DoorDash him because you know me. When I get worked up, you know how I like to calm down? I know I know it's 10 a.m. I'm still going to order a six-pack, and down we go to calm my nerves. Do you think that's a good idea, Tim? I don't see any downside to it. I don't, th- I don't see any downside either. And you know what makes it even more enticing is I can use DoorDash and get 25% off for free delivery. <sighs> I'm going to do it. And guess what? You can do it too because you listen to this podcast and we have the best deals with DoorDash. If you're living in the United States, use DoorDash code GLOVESDDUS. It gets you 25% off free delivery. Guess what, Canada? You're in on this too. You get promo code GLOVESDD. Not even they don't use the US, just GLOVESDD. It's easy. It's simple. Fire up your DoorDash app on your phone your tablet, your computer, wherever you access the internet. And you can get yourself some delicious food, beers, like I said, anything you want. They could probably pump you gas if you pay for the jerry can. It's just whatever you want. DoorDash has got your back. They're a good company. Use our promo code. Get yourself some swag on us and you get a great deal. It's so incredibly easy. So you should use it. Tim uses it daily. The guy can't cook a lick. He made me bacon one time. It was so bad. So oh, stop. That was great bacon, and you know it. I do. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Check out DoorDash. Moving on. Brock Besser. Yeah, you, 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 you do this one because it's very, it's a sad story. And I don't. Yeah. So he was, it started with him being healthy scratched, I think on either Thursday or Friday night. And actually, you can go back even further. He's been, he hasn't been playing well really all season long. And, um, he's definitely part of the struggling because of the Canucks are struggling or they or the other way around. I don't know. But according to Elliot Friedman on 32 Thoughts, the Canucks have given Brock Besser's camp permission to explore trade options for him, which means he's probably going to be the first to go or one of the first to go in this team. There's a whole like, will they, won't they with, with Horvat and what's going to happen there? Brock Besser is also a player who he just signed. So he's got 6.65 for two more years after this one. He's 25 years old. When you think of him, you think of like a goal scorer. You think he's one of the not premier goal scorers in the league, but one of the, I don't know, top 20 or 30 goal scorers in the NHL. He's got four on the year. He's got four. He had 23 last year, 23 the year before. That was a shortened season. So it's probably a 35 goal pace, but He's not really done much goal scoring the last couple of seasons. And maybe a fresh start would be good for him. Maybe it's a chemistry thing. And certainly you can assume that he's not happy in that in that city or in that team just because of the way that they've been playing and the issues they've had. But is it so going back to the requests, what does this mean? Does this mean that the Canucks 
have given his agent permission to start calling other teams and trying to find a spot for him. And then they bring it back to the Canucks GM. Like, how does that all work? Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly what happens. The, his agent can call anybody and just try to get a trade done. The, I want to go back to the healthy scratch. The reason this was such a big deal, if he was just healthy scratch, I'd be fine. Connor Garland got healthy scratch. Vancouver's trying to figure out, you know, a way to win games. The reason it was such a big deal was it was because hockey fights cancer night in Vancouver and Brock Besser's father passed away this summer from cancer. So he was really gearing up for the game. He, he It was an important game to him and his family. And that's why he was so upset. And he actually did not end up getting healthy scratched because um, one of the younger guys, Dakota Joshua, got hurt during morning skate. So it allowed Brock Besser to play in that game. But the damage had already been done. So it, there was a whole lot of personal backstory going on there where he, it was it was a junky move by Bruce Boudreau to do that. Anyways, that, that's a whole other can of worms. The the ethics of scratching somebody, if that even plays into your lineup card, does that make a difference knowing that this is a very important guy? There have been times where I know someone's going home you know, go, whether we're going to Boston or going to New York or Chicago or wherever. And a guy grew up there. He played juniors there, college there, and a coach sits him. And his whole family's there. He bought like 20 tickets and he benches him. So it's just, or healthy scratches him. So there's just, there's, that happens quite a bit. But this one seemed like it was a big deal because Besser is a lineup mainstay and he's never really been healthy scratched. And he gets a healthy scratch notice and it's hockey fights cancer. And his dad just passed away this summer from cancer. Not a good look for Bruce Boudreau. All that aside, does he get traded? I don't think he does at this point, unless the Vancouver, the the situation Vancouver is in right now, they have a lot of good players. At some point in their career, these guys have all been fantastic players. Pedersen, Besser, Horvat, Miller, Garland, Makiev, Lazar, all these guys, they have produced at high levels in the NHL. They haven't done it in the last year, year and a half. So their value is low. And it's always stings when you got to, you sign these guys at a premium, then you just trade them for pennies to the dollar. So they're not going to get anything for any of these guys that they, that they trade. So you're basically just giving up. You're not going to get draft picks. You're going to end up having to eat some of the cap. And then you're, you're stuck because are you going to find a Brock Besser in the draft who can consistently put up 25 goals a year or 30 goals a year? Cause that's a lot. I don't know because the idea of trading Brock Besser is you want to go out and you want to find a Brock Besser. The idea of trading Bo Horvat, a moose of a centerman who can put points up and who's physical and who could be a leader in the locker room, you trade him, but then you want to go find another Bo Horvat. So it, when you look at Vancouver's lineup, we've talked about it up and down. It's a good lineup. They have talent. They just, that hasn't translated to wins on the ice, which is unfortunate. They had that little blip in the playoffs two years ago. Other than that, it's just been year, month, day after day of just frustration. And they they all can't seem to get it together at the same time. So I don't I don't know. You just you, you start again. That's all you can do. Will they trade Besser? I don't know. Uh, what what do you think they can get from a Brock Besser, Tim, who his value is nothing right now. He makes six and a half, a little over six and a half. What can you get for this guy? I don't know. Bo Horvat, what are you going to get for this guy? Who, who's worth more in your eyes? A Brock Besser who's under term for another two seasons or Bo, Hor- Bo Horvat who was just, this is last year, he's going to be UFA after this year. Which which one gets a bigger return for you? Well, I want to say Horvat, but the whole, 
I'm nervous now when it comes to just guys having really good years in contract season because we've seen it recently, including his teammate, friend of the show, who had an incredible year last year, kind of not technically not a contract season, but going into renewal. And now he's playing just okay. And Bo Horvat's sort of in a similar position where he's scoring a bunch right now. But then is he going to repeat that next year? Is he going to be that player moving forward? Because he know he's going to want like seven, eight Schmill. And then is he going to be worth that in the future? Whereas Horv- uh, Bester is a guy that has a lot more potential in his goal scorer. And you got under term and a fairly decent contract if he starts scoring more. So I don't know. I don't know. I got to think the term would probably be the thing that GMs are more interested in, unless you're a team like, like uh, who's maybe one top six center from, from being a, a serious contender. I'm not sure off the cuff who that would be, but Islanders, in that case, probably. yeah, well, they, they're good. It's the Nelson Barzal Pajo. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure that team exists. I can't think of it off the cuff, but Dallas maybe. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think Besser gets more of a return just because he's he's a little younger. He's got two more years on his contract, so we'll see. I just hope they get something. That's the thing. They're, they're, they're trading from a, a deficit as it is because teams are just, they know Vancouver has to blow this thing up. And they're not going to get the same amount of a return as a team who doesn't have to blow it up. Who's that? You know, we're not going to like a Jacob Chitron. We don't have to trade him. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. We we have we have so much money. It doesn't matter in in our cap space. So it's not like we're cap strapped like the Vancouver Canucks are. I'm like ah, whatever. We'll trade him. Maybe if you guys give us enough. Best of like, please take him. Please. We we don't want him. Bo Horvat. Yeah, we have no money. We have no cap space, and we need to get some cap space for next year. Moving on to, let's do some quick kits. What do you think? Want to run them down for us, Timmy boy? Yeah. Uh- Patrick Kane, friend of the show, during an interview with Scott Powers of The Athletic, Kaner shared two former teammates that he'd be interested in playing with. And he said Panarin, and then he said Debrinkit. And these are two of those, like, white whale teammates that have gotten away, especially Panarin. They had such chemistry, you know, famously together. He's spoken about, you know, wanting to play with him again for years. He wasn't happy with the trade as much as he, I'm sure he likes and respects uh, Brandon Saad. It wasn't a great trade for the Blackhawks. And Panarin had such great chemistry with Kaner, although who wouldn't have chemistry with either of those two. And then to bring it, I knew he wasn't happy about this trade last year. So I don't know. Do you think he's saying that he wants to go play for one of those teams? I think he's been linked to the Rangers forever. But there's all kinds of cap situation stuff that teams it's gonna be hard to fit Kaner under a in a cap uh limit that's for a team that's contending because all those teams are pretty much spending to the the limit already. Oh gosh. Well, everybody's pointing to the Rangers, right? Just because of the Panarin, like Kaner said, but I, I still think, gosh, we 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 said it last last episode, the Calgary Flames, they need goal scoring. I know Kaner's a playmaker, but the guy does put goals on the board when he wants to. So I I the longer the season plays out, the more, to me, it, it, Calgary is a natural place for him. It just seems like he fits too perfect on their roster. And I, it's the same for the Rangers. So what am I saying? I just hope he goes to Calgary. I want Calgary to win the Stanley Cup. I don't know why. I'm invested emotionally with this team. I think the last two years, I've, I've been humping them. I've been really just praising them. I want them to do good. He'll go to the Rangers. <laughs> when it's all said and done. I think the Rangers have the assets to get him. They have good young prospects. They'll make the money work. He'll go to the Rangers and he'll be a fantastic fit there. He really will. But you could Kaner doesn't say that without being frustrated. He wants to go. He doesn't want to be in Chicago anymore. It's been a fun, first fun month, you know, but enough is enough. Trade this guy, get maximum value for him. I think the longer you wait, maybe the value diminishes. 
get rid of them. I don't know what they're waiting on. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs for the next half a decade. Get rid of them. Trade him. Trade Athanasio. Trade Max Domi. Trade Jonathan Taves. Just go. Just trade everybody. You have a lot of assets. Just go get some draft picks and just start again next year and just reload with Seth Jones. All right. Something bothered me this weekend. Minnesota Wild, Anaheim Ducks went to a shootout. I don't like shootouts anymore. I think I, I, I touched on it a few weeks back, and this just solidifies the reason. Everybody's praising this move. Everybody's saying it's amazing. These two superstars, this and that. Trevor Zegers' goal in the shootout should be illegal. If we're going to do the shootout, there has to be some parameters around this. I know the only parameters right now is you can't bring the puck back. You can't just loop back and, and skate the opposite way. That's the only parameters. That's it. So these guys go so incredibly slow. It's impossible for the goalie to get a good gap. They end up in the back of their net by the time the player eventually gets to the hash marks, and there's nothing they can do. It's it's very frustrating to watch. I know the fans, most of them must love it, but I don't know why you would. Patrick Kane, oddly enough, was the first one to invent this, this move where you just skate in nice and slow. You stick handle, and these guys got incredible hands. You go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Finally, the goalie has to commit one way or the other. And then once he does, you just go to the other side and you tuck it in. Trevor Zegers did this versus Minnesota. It was it's it's a pretty goal. The guy's got slick hands. Everybody knows it, but it's not fair. It's so maddening. And I, I don't like it. You probably loved it, Tim. What did, you, did you see this? And then on the other side of the coin, Kaprizov loved his move. Came in speed, faked backhand, put it to his forehand, tucked it under the bar. Absolutely just snipe. That's a good goal to me. The goaltender had a chance. He wasn't just biding his time and waiting for the goaltender to just fall over because he was so bored. He made a beautiful move and buried it. That's a good goal. Zegers's goal is gar- garbage in my eyes. What do you think? Yeah, this goal does nothing for me. These these over stick handling slow entries, I'm not mad about it, but like... I- I don't get excited about this stuff. It's just kind of like it's almost a guaranteed goal because you just know that you you can stick handle left and right until you see one little weakness or one little move a goalie makes and then you bury. And it's it's kind of predictable. It's, it's just boring. I, I I way more like the guys that get innovative with it, like obviously the Datsuk or the UC Jokinen, where they use the goalie's momentum against them and they, you know, it's way more clever than just stick handling until you find an opening. I I find that very, very boring. So, no, I'm not the target audience for a move like this. And here's a way to defend it, and I'm waiting for a goalie to do it. It has to take a bold goalie. You just charge at Zegras. Wait, but did you see Fleury did that against Robertson? No. He did that. I don't know what night that was, but he did that, and Robertson had – the speed and the timing and the reads to go around him. I'll, I'll send you a link. It's pretty good. But yeah, I think he thought maybe he was going to do that because he's a, he's a net against uh, Zeger. That's Fleury. And then must have been the next night because Robertson does something similar and Fleury charges out at him and Robertson goes right around and buries. Because it's, I can see why a goalie does that because it's frustrating because you're, you're at such a disadvantage. It's, it's completely not fair when a forward has that much time to do that because you're in the back of your net. You can't do anything. You can see the Minnesota goaltenders. He half-heartedly throws a stick out there for a post check. I think it was Gustafson. And these guys' hands are too fast. They're expecting that. And once he does that, you're you're dead in the water. He just goes to his backhand, puts it in. I want a goalie to get aggressive and just fly out at Zegras. As soon as he picks up the puck and starts to go to the boards, go. Just fly at him. Bury him. If he scores in the empty net, so be it. There's a good chance he misses because he panics. But there's a good <laughs> there's also a chance he just skates around you and you look like a dummy. 
and he has an empty net. So, you know, I don't know. Something has to change. All right, a couple more. Luke Shen breaks the all-time hit record. Who cares? No, I love that. Come on. It's great. I don't care. Okay. He hit people. All right, we got abs injuries here. What's going on with Colorado, Tim? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting to have, if you think they're underperforming a little bit this year compared to last season, listen to the injuries they have. All lower body injuries. Landis Cog, Byram, Nichuskin, Manson, Rodriguez, McDermott, and Helm. All starters are out right now with lower body injuries. So that's a tough break for those guys. Or it could be the the best thing for them. These guys are getting some rest. They'll come back. They'll have a lot of hockey left in them, and they'll make the playoffs, and they'll be ready to go. So, you know, it, it could the luck for them is they play in the garbage Western Conference, so they're going to make the playoffs. And these guys will be fresh. Landis Gog will be just super hungry, as Tim likes to put it. All right, another injury. Sasha Voracek, career likely over, according to his team, got a concussion. The GM or coach, I can't remember who it was, said, at this point, we're more concerned with his life after hockey rather than getting him back on the ice. So when someone says that, it's it's very scary. Tough way to end your career. The guy, he he was a fantastic hockey player. If his career is over, I don't know, he could come back, but the head is not something you want to mess around with. So we're, uh, it's, it's, it's too bad. Anything on Voracek, Tim? No, no, I like the guy. I hope he is okay and healthy. Me too. Your Bruins keep winning. They beat uh, Tampa Bay the other night at home. They got Vegas tonight. Bruce they Cassidy beat Col- back Colorado in. too. They beat Colorado as well. Bruce Cassidy coming in. Yes, yeah, sorry. Tampa Bay was last week, I think Tuesday. Colorado was last night. What do you think? Is the streak over finally? Is Vegas going to notch a W at home versus the Bruins at home? Bruce Cassidy's homecoming? Yeah, I kind of called. We said this last week. I think they would beat Tampa. They beat Colorado. I think they would lose to Vegas. I, I would probably, if I were a betting man, I would say Vegas wins tonight. I think it's just they're a good team. The streak has to end eventually. You got Cassidy on a revenge tour. I don't know. I, I It could go either way. I think even if they do lose, it doesn't change how anyone should feel about the Bruins. So, Well, no, but goodness, they've won a ton, and they haven't lost at home. I don't know. It'd be fun if they can get to 20. You know, like the like the Oakland A's when they were just how many of the A's win Moneyball? They won like twenty something games in a row. It'd be yeah, fun if the 21. Bruins got to that. Yeah, I, I think fourteen the and zero right now at home. It's amazing. I I hope they get to the twenty mark. That'd be fun. Then they start flirting with can they go the whole season without losing a game? Like that's it's incredible. All right, last one, Rosmus Dahlin. This kid's. He's really turned the corner from his first couple of years where everybody is questioning, is this guy a first overall pick? Did the Bruins or the, the, the blue, blue Sabres blow it? Well, he's playing fantastic. And he just absolutely destroyed Matt Nieto. Neatsy beatsy. Just, just cranked him. Beautiful hit. What do you got to say on that one, Tim? I had no idea Darlene had this in him. <laughs> I knew he was like skilled offensively, skating, all that stuff. I didn't know he could throw body hits like this. So yeah, I love this. What a what a great defenseman this kid's t- turned out to be. He really has. He he's really stepped up his game. It's good for the Sabres. They got him. They got Powers. They got Tage Thompson. Oh man, give him a few years. This Sabres team. Once they get rid of Ocposo, once they get rid of Gergensen, once they find a a good young goaltender. They're going to be a dangerous team. So don't sleep on the Sabres just yet. They're, they will be very good in a few years. Kevin Adams seems to have them moving in the right direction. Finally, after years of just going to try and buy wins, bringing in Stahl, bringing in Skinner, bringing in Hall, bringing in all these guys. 
they pumped the brakes on that kind of rebuild and they're doing it the right way. They have good young talent. Darlene's starting to, the fruits are starting to show of how good this guy was. So I love, it's good to see. And like you said, I didn't know he had that club in his bag. Buried him. Absolutely. Just buried him. Beautiful hit. Lots of beautiful hits around the NHL the last couple of days. I like it. Lots of fights. Kachuk fought Truba. It's good to see old fashioned hockey. All right, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will talk to everybody on Wednesday. We might have an interview. Not sure. We'll see how it all plays out, but I don't know. Check it out anyways, even if we don't have an interview. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.